Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode, episode number 14 of Chronicles of War. I'm Darren Michael Shaw, the story's author. Chronicles of War is a work of historical fiction set in the winter of 1862 to 1863 and centering on the early involvement of Iowa's 26th Volunteer Infantry in the Civil War. The book follows the Clinton Regiment, as they were called, from their beginnings in Camp Kirkwood on to St. Louis, Missouri, and to Helena, Arkansas, and their expeditions on the White River and the Yazoo River, and their brush with the Battle of Chickasaw Bayou, and then on to the Battle of Arkansas Post. In this week's episode, we pick up right where we left off. It's December of 1862, and Job Trites and the men of the 26th await their orders. So now join me for episode 14 of Chronicles of War. In early December of 1862, Job rode home. We've been assigned to join General Hovey's latest expedition on the White River. We received orders to strike our tents in the morning and to be prepared to move. William tells me that every officer these days has expedition on the brain. It appears to be the case. Various expeditions, for various purposes, leave almost daily in various directions and invariably return with the regular men scratching their heads as to its point. Hovey certainly does this. Men from other Iowa regiments have been out on two expeditions with him so far. The first, a three-day trip by transport from which the men never disembarked nor saw so much as a sign of the enemy. The second was a march to Coldwater, Mississippi and back, so far that most of the men walked out of their shoes. A few of them thought they heard the distant fire of guns once and although when pressed, they admit that it may have been the repeat of hunting guns. Still, any venture from Helena is welcomed in my soul. The 26th embarked on transports. This expedition would take them to the mouth of the White River where, it was said, the enemy would be roused. The men on Job's transport wondered what that meant. Did it mean action? Were they in danger? Job worried that their experience, coupled with the inactivity of the past few months, would leave them lulled and vulnerable. As was the case with their earlier transports down the river, a handful of men came down with illnesses. Job attributed the spread of sickness to an added exposure to the elements aboard the transports. Job's feet were cold and he was unable to warm them. Things became damp and there was no drying them out. It seemed everyone was developing a cough, and in very close quarters at that. And even though they were always within sight of dry land, movement along the river left many men uneasy on their feet. Finally, word made its way to the rank and file. The objective of this expedition was to prepare to capture Arkansas Post. When the transports made the mouth of the river, two of them ran aground on a sandbar. This meant men were in the frigid water working to free the boats. One boat was eventually liberated, but the other remained stuck fast in the mire. The leaders, meanwhile, met to discuss the possibility of bringing in boats with a shallower draft. Job would have found all of this comical if it were not so disconcerting. Job joked that he would compose a note to his family. I believe you can reach me here at this post, aboard the Imperial, 
dead center of the White River, Arkansas. At present, it looks as if this will be my home until the spring thaw and the rise of this river. The men disembarked while officers discussed their next steps. Job and the enlisted men had several ideas, but it wasn't as if any of the brass were going to ask them for their input. Once the transport was completely empty of men and their gear, they managed to free it. This time, Hobie directed them down the White River to a delta landing on the Mississippi side. They disembarked and camped two nights, again dealing with the harsh elements left cold and damp with no relief. The orders called for the men to strike camp the third morning and to march in the direction of Grenada, Mississippi. Two days of marching in that direction and the expedition came within earshot of heavy firing. To a man, their hearts began to beat faster. Suddenly, they were ordered in a bad face and they marched two days back to the river without ever having fired a shot. Returned to camp, Job longed for the swamps of Mississippi or the sandbars of the White River over the growing debauchery among the men at Helena. Where was the chaplain? What manner of ministry had he employed that fostered such a setting? If he weren't irritated enough, it seemed as if every new acquaintance he made asked him if he was a member of the clergy. On one such occasion, he burst, shouting at the man he had just met, Whatever gives you cause to inquire? Is it that I'm not found stupid drunk at eleven o'clock in the morning? Is it that I'm not found in the company of unhitched women in Helena? Is it that I manage full sentences without taking the name of the Lord in vain, or demonstrating a proficiency in vulgarity? What gives me away? Do tell. Job was embarrassed when he learned the identity of the man who witnessed his tirade. It was Colonel James Williamson, commander of Iowa's 4th Infantry. The colonel had just returned from a haircut and shave and was without uniform or adornments. The colonel was gracious. He seemed to share Job's convictions. Colonel Williamson was a legend in the making. Adored by the men who served under him, he had already been wounded twice alongside of them while they were engaged at Pea Ridge. He and his unit had been assigned garrison duty at Helena while Job and the 26 were out on the White River expedition, and as such, he had duly noted the sordid comings and goings. His garrison duty would be a short assignment, however. As Christmas approached, General Sherman tapped Williamson to lead an attack on the rebel forces at Chickasaw Bayou. Job wrote home, Tell Lewis and Ryle that I have stood on the deltas of the White River. It was a great shame I had no tackle with me, as river trout, a forearm's length at least, were all about me. He wrote of the fish, the birds, the effect that the seasonal weather was having on the wildlife he observed, but not a word about the lasciviousness all around him in Helena. He teased Nancy Ann. Winter is fully arrived, yet young Thomas the Cooper continues in full sweat around me. Could it be that he is warmed with an affection for this man's daughter? And he continued to rehearse directions for Harriet. Should the snows mount, especially wet, heavy snows, get word to Horace and he will sure the bracings. Job's entire family had watched him do this every winter. There was no need to pester Horace. Lewis had this chore down pat. Your father will be very proud of you. Harriet encouraged her son.
Well, this concludes episode 14 of Chronicles of War. As always, I want to thank you for tuning in, for subscribing to the podcast, or for downloading or streaming it. It's a privilege for me to be able to share this story with you week in and week out. I invite you to stop by my website, www.darrenmichaelshaw.com, where you can learn more about me, my writing projects, and also where you can leave a comment or drop me an email. I would love to make your acquaintance. I look forward to bringing you another new episode next week. Until then, I'm Darren Michael Shaw, and thank you for listening.